Welcome, guys, to the Recovering Reality Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Fredrickson. We are honored that we could be a part of your recovery journey and encourage you and help you in any way possible. Before you enjoy this awesome podcast, we also just want to let you know there is a whole bunch of free resources that you can find on our website at recoveringreality.com. Enjoy the podcast. Chief Newland, we appreciate you taking the time. Absolutely. Sit down with us this morning. I think it's uh, it's a topic that really needs to be talked about still. I've seen the uh, drug epidemic take a little bit of a back seat with what's going on. Rightfully so, maybe a little bit. But nonetheless, it is still just as big a problem as it's ever been. Um, mm-hmm. So I appreciate you sitting down. Oh, absolutely. Chat with us. Glad to. Um, Tell us a little bit about what got you into law enforcement. What, what, what drove you to want to be a police officer? Well, the funny, part, the funny part was I think I never, some people could say when they were little growing up, they always wanted to be a police officer. I can't say that was the case for me. Um, I think growing up, I wasn't really quite sure what I wanted to do. Um, you know, I was always into uh, health and fitness. Um, I was going to college. I was actually working on sports medicine hmm. at one point. And um, I had a friend of mine that uh, was a police officer, and he talked me into doing a ride-along one time. And ever since I did a ride-along, I was hooked. And I think what was it about the ride? I think it was you know not you know you you watch on TV what how cops are the persona of of a police officer and and what happens. And I said, but you know when you really when you do a ride-along, you really get to see um, you know five percent is is is, is the actual enforcement of criminal law. The other 98 or 95% is the public, you're helping the public. You're, out, you're for the public, you're doing all kinds of things, sir. protecting, but you're helping the public, you're there, um, whether it be the, the small child that you wave to, that waves back at you, to the elderly person that may need help with their groceries or something, that you help them carry them in. Simple things. I think for me it was I've always liked or always wanted to to help people, be able to be there for somebody, to help somebody, make, make a change. And I think with when I, I realize law enforcement is, I think you can, make a, you can make a difference, you can make a change. And I always tell my officers now that if you can just change one person, have an effect on one person, you've made a difference. That's a big ripple effect. Yeah, and I think that's, that's, that's the most important part. And it could be as simple as uh, a child waves to you, wave back, smile, you know. Um, building, uh, and that's why I think it's so important, especially with, with kids nowadays, is establishing that rapport with kids that, uh, that you know, that we are, you know, that uh, as a mentor to, to the kids in our area, yes, they can come to us, they feel comfortable coming to the police officer. And that's why it's so important when we got back into the uh, school program, school resource officer program with our kids, that was a very important step for us. Um, you know, just being, being there with the kids, knowing the kids in our community as, as they grow up and get older. So, you know, I think that that's the part I look at is um, that, we, that you can make a difference. I think that's the part that attracted me, knowing of how much law enforcement there really is to it, not just what you see on TV. Right, yeah. I like that. The desire to actually want to help yes. make a difference in the community. Yeah. Um, I've had the privilege of connecting with law enforcement and being involved in communities across the nation. And there's nowhere the drug addiction epidemic is not hit. There's nowhere. Um, what does it look like in this community in, let's say, the last five, ten years? 
Well, if, and, and from being from my background, being law enforcement, and I did work on uh, narcotics investigations for a long time prior to being uh, my position now as chief of police. Um, this is a bedroom community, but it, it's out there. And I think um, knowing that um, and, and being involved, um, um, you know, knowing what we're dealing with right now in the epidemic that was, that's, that's going, uh, taking place. Also, I'm, a, I'm an assessor for CALEA, which is National Accreditation for Law Enforcement. Hmm. So when I travel to other agencies and I see what's taking place up north, and, and again, going up north, I see that, that, that the epidemic at that time was working its way down to our area. And I saw what other departments were doing to address it, um, which gave me the idea that we need to get ahead of this. We need to do something, arresting somebody um, and rearresting somebody does not solve the problem. Um, I wanna, we want to reduce recidivism. We want to help that person get help. If, if we bring that person to jail because they have an addiction, we're not addressing the problem. I'll say this, I don't mean to, to interrupt, but I'll say this, you know, I, I spent 13 years in active addiction, been out of jails and rehabs and emergency rooms. Um, jail helped me take a look at the, jail confronted me with like, hey, you, got, you might have a problem, man. <laughs> and it confronted me with it, and I can say it was a necessary step, it was a necessary mm -hmm. piece to the puzzle, if you will, of me being able to take a look and say, I, I, something's wrong with me. Mm -hmm. I need to change this. But jail in and of itself did not change me. Mm -hmm. um, it was getting the help. It was community. It was treatment. It was 12-step pro, stuff like that, that really helped me take a good look at it. And it sounds like you got a pretty good perspective on that. Well, and, and we were, I was at a conference, a, a police chief's conference, and a, a gentleman spoke. They have a, um, an organization they put together on the East Coast called Rebel Recovery. Rebel the, Recovery? Rebel Recovery. Mm -hmm. Justin Kunzelman was the uh, he was a he was somebody that had he was somebody that had an addiction that went through that and put together this group to help others with addictions. Uh, he came and spoke at a police chief's conference and um, and spoke about the program, spoke about how, what they put together and how they were trying to help those with addictions by. And what made sense to me was you have to step out of your shoes as law enforcement and, and put yourself and try to. Um, how they how they perceive law enforcement? How, some of the addiction. How do, how do they perceive us? Um, and how do we break that wall down to establish a trust to help that person? Though let that person know we really want to help them, but not just arrest them. Mm -hmm. That's not the idea of it. So, from talking to Justin Rebel Recovery, um, you have to first look at your area and figure out what do you need to put together in that area to to help with a program. Every area is is different and specific to problems. Yeah. I may be able to get you to somewhere for inpatient, outpatient care, but how do I get you there? As simple as transportation. What about housing? And one of the things that we realized was if, if, if I establish a program here and you come to the department and go, I want help, I have to be guaranteed that I can get you that help at that exact time that you come here. I can't tell you come back tomorrow because you probably won't come back. You had, enough, you had the courage to come to us the first place. And I have to make sure that, that we have all these links in the program are, are, are put together based on the area we're dealing with. So that was one of the important parts I learned from Justin from Rebel Recovery. In fact, he actually came over here one time and spoke. Awesome. And I had a, a whole bunch of organizations, social service uh, organizations, I invited other agencies to listen to him to see how we could, uh, what we could do here, what we could establish here, mm -hmm. what we're missing. And that was the important piece. The other, again, like I said, the other part that he, it was important 
is to know, to realize how we are perceived as law enforcement to maybe somebody that has an addiction. Yeah. Um, so that, that, that started the process to look to see what we could do to help out here. And you guys have a couple of programs mm -hmm. in place. Um, tell us, why don't you tell us about HOPE a little bit. What does that look like in this community? And what's some of the success you've sort of seen with it? Well, and, and HOPE is that, again, looking at other agencies, what they have done, um, HOPE is heroin opioid prevention education program. Um, so again, we want to start something um, small, just, to, just so we can establish a program locally in our area. So when officers respond to a call, it could be a domestic, could be, you know, anything like that. And maybe that one of the family members maybe has an addiction. Um, I also have found out from just talking to people, there's, there's somebody usually that has some in their family, family that has an addiction. I'm shocked it, it, to it, say if there's not somebody. Yeah, it, somebody they know very close or an immediate family member. Exactly. So it, it really touches home. You, you talk, start talking to people how many are affected by this issue, mm -hmm. and they don't know what to do about it. it it's, there's nowhere to go. What I also learned was there's so many programs out there, but they're all doing their own thing. How do we get everybody together to, as a resource guide to, um, to work together to, to have, have a program that we can offer every step possible, or if we're missing something, then we have, to, we have to work on that part of that program. Right. So HOPE program was a way that we established that we can, uh, and working with um, locally, that if we have somebody that may be dependent on the charge, if the state attorney's office is willing to drop that charge based on the fact they've completed a program successfully, now we've reduced recidivism because now that person is actually getting the help they need. Again, rearresting them is not the answer. It doesn't solve the problem. So by starting this program locally, the officers can, you know, we, we put together pamphlets and, and resource guides to maybe something that maybe needs the help. No one, listen, if you have a problem, whether it not be right now, if you come to the department, we will help you get the, the help you, you need, whether it be inpatient, outpatient care, and from that point, we'll, we'll go forward. And those are programs right here in the county? Yes. Um, outside the county? Right, right, the acro right across the street, we have Salius Care. So I mean, we know with their program, there's, we know you have, sometimes a day you have to make an appointment. There are certain times a day there's, there's walk-ins. So we can establish that, which is we're in a great location, being right across the street. Right. Um, you, you literally know, just walk people over there? Yeah, we've done that. Or, yeah, either way. And again, it's, the other part of that, too, is working with other uh, organizations, counseling, outreach. Mm -hmm. You know, is, is once you get that person to that point, who's going to maintain a uh, relationship with that person to make sure they go back? And, and, and what does that look like? So we're still... The relationship component is a big deal. It is. And I think so that the, the part... So we've gotten that started, and the part we're still working on, and it's gonna, I think it never stops, is adding resources to that um, so we can keep building on it. I know, you know, for example, we have kiosks down this in the South Cape. One of the things I wanted to add to that was a tile on the resource guide, or on the, on the kiosk, being a resource guide. So if I have... You know, if I'm down that area and I'm, I need, I may need some, who knows, anything, counseling, uh, housing, I can click on that tile and it'll tell me, based on where your location is, what's close to me that can give me the help I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to provide that type of availability as well. That's awesome. Um, Just the way you're describing it is, having been in, on both sides, uh, you know, you addressed it, you talked about how the perception from somebody who's in addiction, who's caught in that, who stuck in it maybe voluntarily or maybe got sucked into it involuntarily if their families whatever there's so many different stories i've heard about people just end up in that lifestyle there is definitely a filter they have 
uh, how they see <clears throat> law enforcement, mm -hmm. firefighters, anybody in the perceived authority. Um, and I love the way you guys are intentionally connection points, relationships to try and break down those walls in the community. No, I appreciate it. Again, we, we look at that from, you know, we talk to other agencies and, and even the officers, there's, there's those we know out there that have these addictions that, again, like I keep saying that because it, it, makes, it makes sense that, that just by rearresting them is not the answer. You know, we have the repeat. Necessary, but just doing it all the time isn't gonna. Right, we have to yeah. do something different. Um, so we, we've been so as we this programs uh, evolved, we were we've expanded our program, uh, bringing in more partnership uh, with other resources that are out there. Like I said, it's amazing to me when I've had these um, uh, meetings. We had like Rebel Recovery come over. How many organizations are out there I never heard of before? Right. You know, and, and how many, well, which, you know, what do you guys do? What do you guys offer? It's, so when you, if you can put it all together in one resource guide, mm -hmm. it's a pretty, it can be a pretty good program. Absolutely. It's just knowing what's there. Mm -hmm. So that, that's, that's, the, that's the part we're still working on to expand. The biggest thing is, is making sure you can provide, whether it be inpatient or outpatient care. That's, that's the most important part. Mm -hmm. And you guys aren't just doing it on the rehabilitation, and you're also doing something on the prevention and, and you have a program called Help, I believe? Yeah, Help is, Ever Loving Parents, uh, Educate Loving Parents. Um, one, of the, uh, one of our other officers, Lieutenant, started that program as an, as an idea that, and I think part of it came into when we're looking, working with the schools, the kids, um, and, and parents, or even faculty members, um, not knowing what does meth look like? What, how, how is it ingested? Right. What, how do I tell the symptoms, the signs of somebody that maybe, that maybe is using? What do I do about it as a parent? How do I handle if my child could be, um, you know, using drugs? So it, it, we felt it was important that we offer a free program to the community called HELP that we offer, um, we advertise it, and we welcome anybody who wants to come to the meeting. And we have officers that are, that are very, you know, highly trained that can talk about, you know, here's what you look for, here's what you need to, you know, be concerned with. Warning signs. Here, yeah, warning signs. Here's what we're dealing with right now. Here's what it looks like. You know, uh, I hate to say it, but some parents feel like I can't, look at my child's room well yeah you can you know it's your house it's your house, <laughs> it's your house. you know be involved look in your child's room make Absolutely. sure if you suspect something then then do something about it yeah. you know and, and so we, we talk about those things like that and what to look for and um, you know things that just all, all that you know uh, even with schools you know the faculty again like talk about that what to look for teachers you know what they mm -hmm. maybe see in, in, the, in the classroom setting so, um, and the kids as well, you know, kids are, there's pre peer pressure now, nowadays, right. there's always, always been peer pressure. Mm -hmm. um, and what the kids can look for, you know, it, so it's, that's been helpful as well, to, but it's a free uh, course we offer, anybody that wants to attend. And it's, it's just to educate those on what's the, what's the current trends. Um, so that's been very helpful as well. It sounds like it, I would also say, you know, you know from, from me being over 11 years into recovery now, the drugs on the street are not the same. They're far deadlier mm -hmm. now. You don't even really know what you're getting, right. to be honest. And right. The prevention end I've seen, I've been able to speak in schools some and businesses and whatnot and, and to police departments. And it's a, it's a very important piece to the puzzle to begin to tell people, like, understanding education surrounding this isn't the same as just like the weed in the 60s, mm -hmm. okay? This isn't the same as just getting a pill. You don't even know what you're getting right. these days. Right. Um, well, let, let me ask you this question too here as we close. I like, I like to ask, if, if this city could look the way you wanted it to, what, what's the vision you have 
for your city as chief of police. Um, in the next, say, two, three, four, five years, if this city could begin to look the way you wanted it to, what would that look like? Regarding? Regarding specifically the drug epidemic that's taking place. I think one of the things that we, we, I, I look at is, it, it, first of all, funding is always an issue. I think dealing with the addiction, you have to have the proper program with the proper funding. I would love to see a, a, some location, whether it be in, in City of Cape Coral or Lee County, that you have all resources under one roof. You have the funding that the government can provide to, to have a program that's going to be successful that anything somebody has an addiction, you bring them to that, that, that one location, everything you need to make that, get that person successful, to get them through a program is offered right there. Hmm. You know, whether it be transportation, housing, counseling, inpatient, outpatient care, everything's right there. I think, again, instead of having to look for it, having to bring everything there, having to try to find funding, apply for grants, I think the, the investment's got to be made into these programs. And if, 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 if you think about it, it, it makes sense because it, has, it ties to everything else. It really does, in my opinion. So that's what I'd like to see eventually, that there's, a, there's an investment into a program that's full-time with all the resources right there. Just a seamless one stop. One stop, yeah. And get connected to anything they need. Right. Everything's right there. I like that, too, especially because when you're dealing with people and addiction, there has to be a, a, a desire for them to want to change, too. Yeah. It really does. And when you present them with that option, um, you're giving them that option right there on the spot. If you're ready to change, everything's in place that you need for us to help you do that. Yeah, I think it makes it easy. Absolutely. So that's what I'd like to see at some point. I think that would make a big difference. Well, I know you're a busy man. I appreciate you taking the time no to problem. sit down. And uh, one of the things I know is uh, oftentimes in the community, there's a lot of people that just aren't aware of what's available. Um, you guys have probably been doing a good job to get it out there, but there's still just people who they're not on, they're not listening to stuff on YouTube or on social mm -hmm. media. They, they just haven't heard. And I know sometimes just getting the word out creates a bridge, sort of bridges that gap and helps people get more help. So I appreciate you taking the time to, to share with us. Oh, absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Recovering Reality Podcast. If you're interested in recovery coaching, please reach out to us. Get plugged into a free 20-minute session so we can get you on the road to transformation. If nothing changes, then nothing changes. You can start a brand new life starting today. Look forward to hearing from you guys. Thanks for joining us.